0: Hello and welcome to a Thursday, May 18th edition of the Sports Ethos NBA DFS Today podcast. I'm your host, Harris Kermani, and I'll be going solo today as we take on a bunch of Game 2s that are coming up. Of course, on the Thursday itself, we've got Denver once again hosting the Los Angeles Lakers after a impressive Game 1, not without its you know, hiccups at the end over there, but still an impressive Game 1 victory for the Denver Nuggets, looking to take a 2-0 lead at As they finish up their homestand as far as the initial playoffs is concerned. While of course we have Miami once again taking on Boston on the Friday itself. So we do have a two game slate that we'll talk about. And the showdown slate itself which will only include the Thursday game itself. But and two, results that uh, may not be completely unexpected as far as at least Denver is concerned. But for Miami to do what they did yesterday, just incredibly impressive. And just continue to put on a run that is going to be for the ages if they can keep it up. An eighth seed looking like they are going to uh, be a real threat even in the conference finals. Jimmy Butler continuing to do his thing. And Kyle Lowry providing the exact kind of support that a team like that needs. Especially in times when the offense goes down. But What hasn't been going down has been DFS and it just continues to power on through as far as the playoffs are concerned. We're getting right to the tail end of it, the real crunch games, everything coming down to very little margin of error, both on the field and on DFS itself. As we're talking about, you know, a smaller pool of players to be able to pick from, but doesn't mean that there isn't enough value on there. And if you want to be on top of all the value that you're looking at, definitely get yourself subscribed to that sportsethos.com NBA DFS pass and all together just get yourself onto the Sports Leaders website where not only is there amazing content with our DFS deliveries that are coming out every day for the slates that are happening but a bunch of our live injury report details and you get access over to our Discord where you can ask the pros All the way up until lineup lock to really get that last edge, that last bit of difference that's going to make all of the lineup difference as far as these margins of errors are concerned. But let's jump right into the games here. And we do have with that Lakers Nuggets game, a 226 and a half total with the Nuggets favored to win by five and a half. So Vegas is obviously expecting a two nothing follow up as far as Denver is concerned after a very, very solid win. But what the Lakers will take a lot of solace in was how they played in that second half. They did find something Anthony Davis absolutely feasted. And as far as injuries are concerned, even though, like always, both LeBron and Anthony Davis are listed as either questionable or probable, there is no way that they're not going to be on the field. So I'm not even going to focus too much on that. They are definitely going to play while Denver is all systems go. But looking at the Lakers side of things over here, jumping right into the studs of the night, Anthony Davis showed just exactly how much of a problem he is going to be in this series. While Nikola Jokic was rightfully the talk of the night in that second half, when Anthony Davis became more of a help defender, who didn't necessarily have to be on Jokic the whole time. And they were able to leave someone like Aaron Gordon out in the open, you know, daring him to basically make them pay for that. Anthony Davis was able to, I see conserve his energy on the offensive end and he had a monster night putting up a 40 and 10 night on route to 69 DK points and his price tag sitting at 10,100 is definitely one that is just incredibly enticing to me. I think he's going to continue to be that problem there and if the Lakers are going to have any sort of success sustained in the series, Anthony Davis is going to have to continue to do this because LeBron as much as he's going to continue to be the factor that he is and he himself had a solid night is definitely deferring more to Anthony Davis to try and take advantage of some of those mismatches that Denver uh, could potentially provide, just given the fact that they're often going with a smaller lineup, uh, not necessarily putting out a two bigs or someone else to Be able to support uh, Nikola Jokic on the inside and someone like a Michael Porter Jr., who himself is a bit of a matchup nightmare on the other end, doesn't really have the size from a pure girth standpoint to be able to handle someone like Anthony Davis down in the post. So Anthony Davis is continuing to be just an absolute monster and will be for the rest of the series. So I'm going to like taking him. And the other aspect that we really got to see in that first game was Austin Reeves being more of a facilitator. Now, D'Angelo Russell did not have a good night, so I want to put that out there. only played 26 minutes and really struggled from the field, so I do expect that he is going to have some sort of a bounce-back game, but at 6100, I really do like what Austin Reeves has to offer. has now had you know, four straight solid games, 32 and above DK points on there, and just continues to find ways to get himself on the floor, playing a bunch of different positions and, more importantly, really taking big shots down the stretch. Took nine three-pointers in the last game, was able to hit five of them, went 7 of 14 from the field en route to a 23 and 8, 40 DK point night and you know his price tag is likely going to continue to rise closer to that 7,000 which is where I'll probably avoid taking him but at 6,100 the floor is incredibly safe and I do think that he is going to be relied on far more than someone like a Dennis Schroeder as the series went on because as far as Schroeder is concerned even though he played 32 minutes was pretty much non-existent was not involved in the offense and you know, as far as LA is concerned, they need DeAngelo Russell to be able to pick it up on the offensive end, so that they can take some of that pressure away from some of those other three guys over there. So, I expect Schroeder is not really going to be the uh, the big minutes guy over here. He's going to be kind of sharing his minutes with a uh, Lonnie Walker off the bench and seeing what ends up working on any given night. But speaking of what's been given on any given night over here we saw a little bit of what Rui Hachimura was doing earlier on in the playoffs during that and kind a of first round series that they had against Memphis how impressive he was with the ball and especially on offense we got to see a bit of a resurgence of that here and again it's a faster paced matchup this is going to be probably one of the higher scoring series of the playoffs in general it's just kind of how Denver rolls, and Lakers uh, prefer that as well just given how things are at the moment so and those 226-230 uh, game totals are definitely going to help someone like a Rui Hachimura continue to be fantasy relevant over here. Played 28 minutes in the last game and definitely was a key counter that they had to some of those smaller lineups that uh, that Denver was running out there. So whether it was to try to take advantage of maybe a little bit of Bruce Brown and Aaron Gordon who was struggling, Rui Hachimura's size and his touch around the basket was supremely important for them. And at 4,400, I especially do like him as one of my key value plays of the night. On the Denver side of things over here, First and foremost, let's start and put the elephant in the room. Nikola Jokic was an absolute monster in that first game. Just stamped his authority all over the game. Had one of the lines of the playoffs. 34-21-14 and 14 with two blocks. 88.75 DK points. So it's just not something that you can ignore. He is absolutely going to be in a vast majority of lineups. Likely, when we're talking about the showdown, he's going to be the MVP for a lot of people. Now... If I'm just jumping for the showdown side for a moment, I'm actually looking a little bit more towards Anthony Davis for that. He's about 1500 less as far as the MVP is concerned, from an 18900 price tag to a seventeen four. And I think that he has kind of a value perspective, definitely that upside where I can then go ahead and still take Jokic and look at some of these value picks to kind of round out the lineup over there. But as far as the two-day slate is concerned I am absolutely going to be pounding Nikola Jokic into as many potential lineups as I can I'm going to have just more exposure in general to the LA and Denver series than I am to the Miami Boston which is a little bit more measured a slower series on there And, and frankly I expect Boston to make a big comeback on there so you know not as excited for some of those price tags but Jokic is Jokic But looking at the value side here, the mid-tier, there was a bunch of impressive performances as far as Denver is concerned and where I'm going to continue to kind of find some of that value here. First and foremost, Michael Porter Jr., who I've continued to say is going to be the X factor for Denver to be ultimately successful with a ring this year. They absolutely need him to continue playing at the level that he did in that first game. He got 35 minutes and some of what was concerning about him before was what he was going to do on the defensive end, but he absolutely held his own, had a solid night from that perspective and racked up 10 rebounds as well, which is just yet another wrinkle that adds to his fantasy uh, repertoire when he can get his shot going. So at 5,900, this is a guy who has the upside to be able to throw high 30s, low 40s, as far as DK points are concerned. And even though I expect Aaron Gordon to be better as the series goes on, I'll just continue to like Michael Porter a lot more in that same price tag range. And his minutes uh, appear to be a little bit more secure versus you know someone like a Bruce Brown, who I do love. Don't get me wrong, I'm going to be throwing him in some of my lineups here. But it's clear that um, from a minutes perspective, Denver is using him more in bursts. Like They want him to be that energy guy, go out there, and just absolutely tear it up for the 24 to 28 minutes that he ends up playing. And that's usually enough for him to get you know somewhere near his uh, his value and from a cash perspective I think he's still a very very solid pick 5200 he's likely going to end up somewhere in the mid to uh, mid to high 20s so not a bad pick at all but if we're looking for the upside perspective I actually think KCP might be the play over here as a shooting guard which you know not too many options that you particularly like as far as these um these two games are concerned but KCP in two straight games has not only played high 30s as far as minutes are concerned but his shot is on 63% from that from the field in the last game in Phoenix and dropped 53 on from the field in that Lakers game as well, putting up 17 field goal attempts on route on route to a 35 DK point night and. You know, whether you want to believe in the revenge stories, all of that, but KCP is definitely playing well against the Lakers, and he's continued to do that throughout the season. I mean, he didn't necessarily get the high volume that we were ta- talking about, but he still played 31 minutes a game in the Lakers games throughout the season, was able to put up between uh, 24 to 26 DK points on the regular and shot 49% from the field and 48% from three. So it's all about him uh, continuing to get that volume, and I expect that he will, just given the fact that Jokic is just demanding so much attention that he's getting those kickouts, and KCP has been the beneficiary of that and will continue to do so. Moving on to the second game of the night, again, going back to what Miami did last night, just an incredible, incredible win, really putting Boston on the back foot and continuing to show how vulnerable they have been at home, despite that super impressive Game 7 victory as much as it pains me to say it but we are looking at a 215 and a half game total for this one the Boston Celtics favored to win by 9 and It looks like it'll be one of those games where Boston will be making that strong comeback. I really, really don't see them losing two games at home over here. And I expect that they will want to make a statement given how disappointing they looked in that first game, especially down the stretch, just incredibly stagnant offense, just finding ways to commit terrible turnovers. Then Jimmy Butler ended up with six steals on the night and most of them were just balls thrown to him. It was pretty bad. So Boston will absolutely be looking to clean themselves up here. But as far as the value side of things are concerned, I mean, as much as I like Jimmy Butler, I just don't consistently like him at that price tag that he is at. He's sitting at 9,700 over here. And as we've seen in the playoffs, while his floor is pretty secure, he'll likely end up in the 40s most times. He hasn't really had too many of those just absolute like blowout monster performances. Yes, he's had a couple of games where, like yesterday, he ended up in the 60s, but it still just doesn't give you the type of upside where I could pay 400 more and be able to get an Anthony Davis who could absolutely go off or really spend up, and who I think will be the pure, you know, highest raw DK point scorer of the night in Nikola Jokic? That'll likely be where I'm spending it up. So I'm looking for value over here, and that's what I'm finding in both Kyle Lowry and Max Struess, who uh, both showed just how important they are going to be in this series. Lowry especially I mean his minutes total has continued to steadily rise as the playoffs have gone deeper and deeper he's pretty much locked in to kind of a 28 to 31 minute roll uh, put up 28 DK points in the last game there and was absolutely clutch for them hitting a lot of key shots both down the stretch and early on in the uh, second quarter where they really needed that to get their offense going so it's clear that Miami has him as a bit of a release valve and I expect that he'll continue to get more involved as as things go on and as Boston tries to to uh, take Jimmy Butler kind of out of his element because he's just looking far too comfortable. From a cash perspective, I think Bam Adebayo is a very solid pick as well, put up 38 points in the last game and While he's never going to have the kind of volume that one may otherwise hope for a guy who's essentially a star on this team, but he is definitely more of a Swiss army knife and just continues to be that guy who can get you anywhere between 35 to 45 on any given night as far as DK points are concerned. And while his price tag at 7,000 might give you a little bit of upside, I just think that's a a fair price and it's not really where I'm looking as far as uh, the upside things is concerned because that is going to come from a shooter getting hot, whether it be a Max Drews, whether it be a Caleb Martin, who also played 30 minutes in the last game and was able to put up not only 15 points, but, A very, very solid stat line across the board with four rebounds, three assists, a steal or two steals and a block. So just a lot that these guys can do in Miami has shown that they're very switchable. They love going to Caleb Martin late. uh, They love going to Max Drews to be able to go ahead and get some of that early offense going. So that's where you can get some upside where if those guys have a really hot night, they can absolutely destroy what their price tags are. Between the two, I probably like Caleb Martin a little bit more just because from a defensive perspective, he'll find himself in more lineups. And especially uh, down the stretch, he's often the guy that is uh, guarding not only the best player, but then he gets a little bit of opportunity to be able to go ahead and get some of those uh, threes at the top of the break or at the corner where he hit some big ones yesterday. We'll have to see whether he can keep going here. But as I said, I expect Boston to be able to make a very solid comeback here. They're likely to take this 1-1. I mean, Miami has gotten this to where they wanted it to be. They stole the one game, which is exactly where they're hoping to be as far as position is concerned. And they want to get back home. So Boston, at a 9-point favorite over here, is likely to kind of be in that range. I, I feel that that's a pretty fair spread for what I expect it to be. That being said... Their guards continue to be my favorite place to be able to look. That 5,000 range that they have, Marcus Smart continues to be my favorite pick as far as uh, Boston's concerned for their guards. You know, there was talk earlier on in, the, in that Philly series whether he's going to lose some of his minutes. Clearly, that is not what happened, and he ended up with a bunch of incredible performances, and that led into even last night as well. Despite being on the losing end, ended up with a 13-11 and 11 stat line. And that's very much a Marcus Smart kind of line. He's not going to put up a lot of field goal attempts. Most of them will probably be from three when he does, and he'll often find himself to the free throw line as well as he just continues to just go at the basket with reckless abandon. So 38 DK points on that one. Anytime he's sitting under 6,000, I think the upside is absolutely there for him to get somewhere close to 40 as he plays his regular allotment of minutes and just finds himself ways to get involved into the game. So that's one. And then the other one between uh, that uh, Malcolm Brogdon and Derek White situation, uh, it's clear that Malcolm Brogdon has taken on more of the offensive role, though Derek White is uh, getting a couple more minutes over here. I mean, we were looking at it um, from you know the last games in Philly where he was barely sitting in double-digit minutes, but he did get 21 minutes, hit a couple of uh, key threes when they needed them. Obviously, was not enough, but still, I expect his minutes total to start to rise as well as they really do want to try to put everything they can on Jimmy Butler. And for... You know, for the uh, for the credit of what Boston does, Derek White is probably their uh, second best kind of perimeter defender alongside Marcus Smart. So, lots to uh, lots to like from that perspective over there. But that brings us to the end of the two games there. Like I said, it's a short, short and sweet slate, but the games themselves have a lot of weight uh, to go along with them. So excited to see how those two play out. And before we leave out of here, we are going to of course talk about the thrive fantasy side of things where we are looking at some of those kind of picks as far as props are concerned and seeing what it is that we're liking on this side. And for my end, it's the uh, Denver and uh, LA game that is the focus of it here, and I expect that it's going to continue to be where I like most of my picks anyways. So where I'm starting off, first and foremost, is going with my Anthony Davis on-brand pick. 40.5 points, rebounds, and assists for him to be over that. 105 points for that. Definitely liking that. We obviously saw what he did last game. He's likely to continue to be near double digit rebounds, just given how important he is going to be, not only as a helper, but really just blocking up that paint, almost playing a motumbo like role as far as their defense is concerned down in the block. Uh, secondly, Nikola Jokic showed how much of a point score he's going to need to be in this series, and he has absolutely just got so many mismatches down there. If it's not Anthony Davis on him, he can just dominate everyone else that's there. And to his credit, he's also done really well against Anthony Davis. So it's going to be a nightmare for the Lakers defense to be able to stop him. 28.5 points to go over that to get 95 points in Thrive. Definitely liking that one and then finally this is more uh, a bit of a, a juicy one over here where i expect that you know it may not potentially hit but austin reeves 26 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. Now, my only concern with this one is whether his ancillary stats are going to kind of stay at the level they are. The worry is really if he's going to be that ball handler to get, you know, eight assists that he got last game, because he's likely going to be somewhere in the high teens as far as points are concerned. It's it's clear that his uh, his offense is starting to be more relied upon, more reliable, and more consistent in general as far as the Lakers are concerned. So for him to be able to consistently put up 14, 15 field goal attempts, I expect we're going to see that in. A nightly basis for the Lakers themselves so it's really whether he can get the rest of his stats to kind of fit in with that and I'm willing to take the bet that he does in this game so 26 and a half over 130 points I'm all in for that but that brings us to the end of the slate Once again, get yourself subscribed to sportsethos.com. Ask the pros all the way to the end and engage with me as well on Twitter, on Instagram at HAK underscore devil. Talk to me about not only what the playoffs have been for you so far, how exciting it's been, what you think is going to be the results of the games themselves and really where it is that you're finding yourself getting some value on these slates as we start to get to such small margins of error. But until then, we will see you on the next one. Let's go out there and take down some of these GPPs.